Good morning, everyone. We are on 18A, Yud Chesamad Aleph, in Shkolem. And uh, we're going through the roadmap. Good morning, Nathaniel. We're just beginning, 18A at the top, and we're going through the map of where everything was located in the Mishkan, or in the Beis Amigdash. And, um, good, good morning, Rabbi. morning. And uh, as we mentioned yesterday, there's a lot of symbolism to the directions, where things were, north, south, east, west. And everything had an exact spot uh, where it was and how it worked. Um, so uh, that's what we're going through now is uh, where were, the, were these things located? Where did they put everything? So um, the first thing is that the first two words are taken out. In other words, on top of the page, it says menorah besafon. Uh, the, uh, that's a, an older version that we take those two words out and it begins Vahatani, we learn Hashulchan uh, where was the placement of the table with the showbread on it so Hainosin Mechatzia Bayasilivnim it was uh, in the uh, furthermost half Mashek Menakosal Bezamas it was two, two Amas from the wall two and a half Amas Klapes towards the north excuse me and the menorah was right opposite in the south. Uh, and the, you had the golden altar there. That was in between. So you've got the menorah, the table, and the mizbeach. Those are like the three. And each one has... Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> They've got a map in the earth scroll. Uh, but each one has a role that plays in the service. Uh, what each one represents. Uh, uh, the menorah represents wisdom. Uh, the table represents sustenance. Uh, we get our wisdom from Hashem. Uh, uh, one of the things that people have been stricken with, they probably it's happened earlier, we just didn't know, is people get Alzheimer's, and all of a sudden, brilliant people, they're just, they're, there's no wisdom there. They have no, they, you know, it just, uh, the mind is gone. And so uh, we believe that wisdom comes from Hashem, and that's part of the service of the lighting of the menorah, is the, uh, the idea that... Uh, how many great people make uh, silly mistakes or don't, you know, they act without common sense? So part of the service was for wisdom, and then part of the service is that uh, we should be able to eat every day. We should have our needs met, right? And so, uh, and then, uh, then there's the idea what sacrifices are, what that's about. But each one had its own special place. Uh, so um, we're in the middle of that. Mizbeah uh, Chazav, three lines from the top. That was in the middle. That would divide it up. They were all within the third part of the of the sanctuary. Some people see the the Beis Hamikdash as a uh, parallel to a human, you know, to a person. But that's a much deeper thought that we don't have time to go into. Uh, but um, there is uh, it, um, it says that my shkina will rest on you. Uh, it says, create for me a holy place. It says, uh, right, it says that you will make for me a mikdush v'shechanti b'socham. And it should say, I will dwell in it. I will dwell in your Beis HaMikdush when you make this house for God. The ultimate house for God is ourselves. Uh, it says, I will dwell in them. And there's a famous idea that we make ourselves uh, worthy that Hashem's presence should be on us. That you see a person hopes that people can see Hashem uh, in, a, in a person. 
you know, when a person acts with godliness. There's no other explanation, by the way. When, when people are giving and they take from themselves and they selflessly give to others, uh, that's, that's not an animal. An animal takes care of himself, but it's a godly, it's a spark of humanity that uh, we hope to be worthy of having that spark of Hashem uh, inside of us. Okay. Vakulan, uh, and all of them were, uh, we just said that. Now, uh, we get to the menorahs. Aser menorahs aser shlomo. So again, Shlomo Melech, he, 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 he bumped everything up <laughs> in, a, in a big scale. So just like he made 10 tables, he made 10 menorahs. Uh, and uh, so where did he put these menorahs? Um, so it explains. Esther menorah says, Esther menorah says, Esther kamishpato. He made 10 more. Now, by the way, that's part of the uh, wonder, you know, that says they have a menorah in the Vatican. Well, which one? You know, which one? There were multiple menorahs. <laughs> and he Does put, nobody ever go down in the basement of that place? Uh, I always think stuff like that, but it's as if though nobody knows that it's down there. Well, the problem is that the people there are not very honest, especially when it comes to money and to treasures and things like that. I think it's pretty restrictive. Yeah. Pretty restrictive. <laughs> uh, 200 years ago, there were sages who, had, who, would, who got access, you know, if you... If you uh, and had... Uh, because there were some debates about how certain things looked, and they were able to go in and see. And so, uh, so the idea that somehow it disappeared when it was sacked 500 years ago, when people saw it 200 years ago, it just doesn't, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't. I, I, saw, I, heard, I heard from someone once who had been down there, actually. What? Really? Yes, yes, yes. They had a speaker come to UGA who had actually been there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember all the things he had seen because they have a massive trove there, but he, they had let him in for research. So we don't have to go back 200 years for it. Really? And, but I, I thought they, they, they say they don't have anything from that time or they don't, it, was, it disappeared. Or, uh-huh. Special quiet access kind of thing, I guess. I see. Okay. Very good. So there we got some testimony. Okay. So. Uh-huh. Okay. So we got to get somebody in there with some uh, with a camera or whatever. So, uh, but at any rate, uh, there were many menorahs that Shlomo made, and there were five on the now. The main menorah obviously was the original menorah from Moshe Rabbeinu. That was the just like with the table. They, they were all the authentic, the original one. But he put five on the right and five on the left. Yes, the menorah says I have a gold menorah. mean five on the right and five left. Ain't tamer. Uh, now, where did they put these? You you would think that you spread them out, but they have to be in the part of the uh, Beis Amigdosh where they're potent, meaning that it's not just that these were spread out to have menorahs everywhere. This represents a service and has to be in a said place. Um, it's interesting, our laws of where to put a menorah when we light for Hanukkah, we learn out from there as well. Mm-hmm. There's a certain, it's supposed to be placed in a certain wall in a certain place, mm-hmm. and the, it also comes from the, those uh, uh, laws. Below a menorah b'shira, uh, it's got to be in the south. Why does it say five on the right and five on the left? It means the, the right and the left of Moshe's menorah. And even though we got 11 menorahs, we only lit Moshe Rabbeinus. So most people believe it means we only lit it by itself. Uh, but uh, they would light... Uh, it was somewhat a question also before with the tables. Did we use all the tables or did we not? Well, but we used the original. If we were only doing one, it was Moshe Rabbeinu's. If we were doing more, we would do the other one. Uh, 
they did in the evening there. Rabbi Yosef Yehuda Omar al-Kulam Hamav. He says, no, he says that we, uh, we didn't have preference for the one that was Moshe's. These were, all, all of them were lit. And this Pasuk mentions that the menorah was made of what's called Zahav Sagur. Uh, it was like a pure gold. Now there's different types of gold. Uh, most golds are not the purest of pure. Most of them are mixtures. Gold is actually pretty soft if it's really uh, pure. Um, but this was a special kind of gold, uh, and uh, all of the particular lights, good morning, Steve, were made of this pure gold. And um, uh, Now, it uses a word in that Pusik that mikalozav. Uh, mikalos means it used up the gold. So what does that mean? It used up the gold. So kilo zava shomosha. So uh, did it mean that Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, the there was no original gold left? There was no gold from Moshe. So it's, it's the original one was made of this pure gold. Tanir of Yudah b'shem isi halo Shlomo nota elof kikrizav. Shlomo Amelak took a thousand loaves of gold, a thousand gold bars, umachnisin lekur, and he brought them into a, a iron crucible. Umotzian and took them out. al He turned a thousand into one. Uh, in other words, he burned out. Uh, if you keep on uh, heating them up, so eventually the impurities come out, and you're left with the total uh, finest of fine pure gold. It's got to be purest of gold. So Tanur Am Yosi Bei There was a story. It happened where Moshe Rabbeinu, the, all the Menorahs should be a duplicate of Moshe's. So they were weighing them to figure out exactly how they, they were the same size, they should be the same weight. So Moshe's, uh, the, the new one that Shlomo had, it was a whole dinner more, it weighed, which is actually not very much when you think about it, but it was one coin more, it was a little bit heavier than Moshe Rabbeinu's. So, no problem. They put it back into the oven 80 times. But, uh, and uh, it didn't work. It was so pure at that point that there was no more. See, apparently, if you keep on doing it and doing it and doing it, more and more will, a little bit will leak out each time till you get the purest of the pure. But the fact that it was still heavier meant that it wasn't the exact as Moshe Correct. Okay. So it doesn't say what they did. It says what they tried to do. They tried to, they tried to put it in the oven and get it back to that weight. Which, which means that they thought it was identical, but it was just the problem was the density of the gold. Right, that's right. Versus maybe this curve had a little bit more of an angle to it. Yeah, something. apparently they were able to duplicate that on the outside, but okay. they couldn't. Uh, somehow the metal itself... Uh, if it was exactly the same size but heavier, that means it was actually more pure than, than Moshe's. Because gold, gold is heavier than most of the gross, the gross uh, contaminants. Huh. Oh, I see. Um, I don't know that. <laughs> it, 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 it seems like the purpose of putting it through the fire was to purify it, was to remove something. Uh, that they, uh, so um, whatever the contaminants are, it seems like they would go away once the... Um, we have that, really, the, the Torah compares going out of Egypt to going through a kiln, uh, where the, um, 
basically, whatever, we, we had a few loose ends in the Jewish people that needed to be burnt out. Uh, that got left in Egypt. Uh, that's the, um, and so that's, it's described as a Kura Bauza, like a smelting furnace. Uh, um, and so, uh, but I, I don't know, why, uh, um, but that, that seems to be what they, they felt that needed to be purified more. Uh, the yes, and again, here we have our famous Yushami expression, and yes, um, until it was, the gold was pure, it was, um, it wasn't at the right uh, weight. Kaya malbareha lo chaserklum. Once it was the right, um, uh, exactly at the right uh, stage, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't missing anything. In other words, the uh, they reached the right the right area. Um, it, it had to be. It had to be uh, smelted one more time. But once it, the question here was, if if every time you smell, it gets smaller. So why did it, uh, after they did it 80 times, it didn't get any smaller? The answer is it had already lost whatever it needed to lose. At some point, it's going to stop leaking. It's going to, it, the smelting isn't going to remove very much. And so that's why uh, it didn't remove very much at that stage. Okay, new Mishnah. Um, I think what they, there's a, Argamora said that they used up the gold of Moshe. I think what it meant is it used up the gold of Shlomo. Uh, when you, if you take a thousand bricks of gold and turn them into one, your your gold supply is gonna isn't gonna last very long. Uh, and you build ten gold menorahs, uh, it's it's gonna uh, it, there's gonna take away quite a bit of the of the gold. Okay, uh, new Mishnah. Shloshoster shofras. They had thirteen pushkas, uh, and they were in the shape of a shofar, narrow on top and wide on the bottom in the mikdash. The of alehem. And each chauffeur, each pushka, had its own fund, had its own name on them. So the first one said, Tiklin Kadatin. The first one said, New Shekels. That's what this word, Tickle, is the Aramaic for Shekel. Uh, that's, uh, in fact, one of the commentators, the Meforshim is called Tiklin Kadatin. But it, it's got the New Shekels. You got the New Shekels and the Tiklin Atikin, the Old Shekels. Um, Kinim, uh, you had the pairs, uh, the pairs of birds, the gozle ola for the burnt offerings. Eitzim, you had the wood. Pushka, people wanted to donate wood. Lavona, frankincense. Zav, le kaporis, and the gold. And then you had shisha linadava. And then you had six more for various, uh, we'll see later what they, why six, uh, for donations. So tikkun kadatin, what's the new one? Shibakol shan vishana. Of every year, you had the new ones every year. You wanted to have the most current that the avoda should come from the current people. But Tikin, what's last year? What's old? Sometimes somebody didn't bring last year, so shoko lashana haba. They could do. Uh, they'll accept a rebate. They'll accept uh, uh, even though it can't be used for this year's service. Uh, you can pay off if you didn't pay for last year. They'll take last year's dues. They'll they'll uh, and use it for this year. Uh, and they'll use it for something else. They'll go goes for the fun. They'll take money. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There's a pushka for that. Uh, we can't put it in this year's funds, but we'll find a place for it. Okay. It's, uh, so that attitude came from the Gemara. Absolutely right. We'll find. Right. Do they, do they give you an amnesty day? Is that it? <laughs> right. That's right. So. Um, um, uh, so they, they, if they didn't bring it last year, they could bring it in the next year. It's uh, never too late. Okay. Kinim, uh, what are the Kinim? They are the Torim, the Gosleola. Those are the, the I think, it's a dove or a turtle dove. I get mixed up. It's a, it's a dove and the, uh, and the birds for the Ola. 
Kulan Ola, Steve Ray, they were all, they all, they, all the bird offerings were burnt offerings. The <coughs> Chachamim, they said, no, there's two, two kinds of birds. Kinim Echad, Chatos, Ve'echad Ola. When you have a pair, one's a sin offering and one's a burnt offering. Gozleolos, uh, the ones that are called the Gozleola, that, those are all burnt offerings. Next. Ha'omar, uh, what happens if a person says, I am, I am a real sport. I am going to donate a piece of wood. So, Harei Eitzim, it's on me to donate wood. So, how much wood do you got to give? So, Lo Yifras Mishnek is, you have to have at least two, two locks. Okay. Levona, what happens if you say, I'm going to be a frankincense man? I'm going to donate some frankincense. Lo Yifras Mikomets, you got to give at least a handful. There's a certain minimum size to these donations. Zav, I'm going to give some gold. Lo Yifras me dinner, you got to give a dinner. That's, that's a gold coin. Shishim Linidava. They had six, uh, we said, six final pushkas for free will donations. Mahia Osimbo, what, kind, what did they do with those pushkas? What happened with those funds? Lokaba Olas, um, they brought burnt offerings. Habasr Lashem, what happens to a burnt offering? All the meat goes to God. Ba'olas the Kohanim, the Kohanim do get the hides on the burnt offerings. You, you didn't burn hides, that wouldn't come out very well. This was a drusha that Yoyada Kain Gadol taught. Original offerings that were brought for a chatos and an asham, and now those leftover funds, use them for olas. Uh, they're, they're then used for burnt offerings. Habasar lashem, the meat was used uh, totally for Hashem. This way, both verses make sense. Both verses can be used. Asham lashem. Uh, part of it goes to Hashem and part to the Kohen. Hashem gets the meat and the Kohen gets the hide. The hide can be worth a lot of money. Leather was a very important commodity. Mm-hmm. And if you, there's another Pusik as well. You see that some of it was supposed to go to the Kohanim. That Pusik is actually a little problematic because it sounds like the Kohen gets it all. Uh, but what they say refers to the hide. That's, that's basically what they say. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Uh, he said uh, it was too complicated to have a pushka for the bird offerings. Because you had lots of, uh, basically everybody that gave birth was bringing uh, birds. And uh, you had lots of, uh, it was a very popular offering. It wasn't very expensive to bring birds. But... Uh, what are the chances that one of the people that's bringing passed away? And if they passed away, you, you can't use any of the funds. The, the idea is that if you had a sin offering where the person died, you can't use it. Vatanya. Um, so uh, therefore, they didn't have that pushka because they felt it was too risky. If, if one of the people that put money in were to die before it was brought, uh, you'd have a problem with the funds. Gamora says, why is that a problem? Vatanya Ishish Khan. A woman promises to bring a pair of birds, free will donation. Maybe to make Khan. What does she do? She brings the money for Nasna Bashofer. And she puts it in the chauffeur Vokhel's Bakachimashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashash
is that we seem to say we don't have a pushka for the bird offerings. And here we seem to say you do have a pushka for the bird offerings. Well, are we worried about somebody dying? Are we not? What's, uh, what's the deal here with a pushka for the bird offerings? The Gemara answers, Ki kamrinen If we know that somebody died, then we got a problem. Uh, but if we're just unsure, that's not a problem. We don't have to suspect that somebody died in the batch. Now, what do you do if somebody did die? Well, they, they bring these birds in like a cage, I guess. Uh, well, they, they would usually give the money and the Kohanim would buy the birds. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know if they had nets or cages, or but they had lots right. of birds, right, yeah. Right, right, that's what I was thinking. And, so, and that's why they have to be concerned if the guy died because they've already gotten his money. Right, that's right, right. yeah. Okay. So the though, has a solution. We have a concept of Brera, and especially with money, money's fungible. So if basically one person died, take that much money out, and we could say the money that we're taking out is the fund of the person who died. Now, the rule is you can't do anything with it. Uh, it's, it's really a very interesting lesson, but it's a, that basically a person uh, uh, giving everybody notice that you have to do tshuva while you're alive, because uh, after a person dies, it's too late. Uh, and so if you have a chatos, where the owner died, it's a waste because uh, it, it, it can't be brought. So what they do is they take the money out and they dump it in the river. So make sure to you know make sure to bring those sin offerings while you still can. You know while the going's good. Why they wouldn't like use the money in a manner so that it would elevate the neshama. The... It's exerus accustom. It's like one of those things that the Torah says that uh, we're like halacha Moshe Messina. Like uh, we would love to use the money. Believe me, I find a good use for it. But. Let him go, right, right, that's right. Um, but, but I think, the, like I said, the reason for the, the lesson is that uh, there have been a lot of people, it, it's a nature, human nature is that we all regret our mistakes and we all plan on fixing them. But sometimes it's too painful to fix them now. Uh, we wait for a better time. And unfortunately, a better time doesn't always come. And so one of those lessons is that, uh, you know, if the owner dies, you can't, the chato is too late, that you can't bring that, it, uh, it goes into the seat. Uh, it's moot, yeah, the edict history. And so, but this should solve the problem. So since we have this solution, especially with, there, there wasn't a bird that was designated, these are just funds. So if we hear that somebody died, why can't we just take the money out? So the Morris says, you're right. That works according to the concept of brera, selectivity, that the money that we took out was that of the fellow that died. Uh, he doesn't hold of that. So that's why, according to him, they didn't have that push. That, that, and I was the, that's one of the common debates, whether you can select out, whether you can pull out like that. Okay, next. Boy, he said the following thing. What happens if a person says, I'm bringing single wood? In English, there's, there's no, uh, no word for single wood. Wood is always... You know, one wood is wood is wood, but in Hebrew, eitzim is plural, multiple wood, and eitz is a single branch. So, what happens if he says, "I'm bringing a piece"? So maybe you can get. He can do that. He can bring one log. That, oh. That's still above the minimum, or is one log the minimum? One log's the minimum. minimum. Uh, we'll see the minimum size soon. Amr of Laser must to Amr Kane. That's the mission. Says that korbif Basically, that that's considered an offering by itself. A wood offering, 
fuel was expensive, by the way, in those days. It wasn't so simple to, pay, to give up fuel. That was a... Um, the Gemara says that when the Beis HaMikdash was, when Yushalayim was uh, surrounded, there were different donors that offered to help Yushalayim, one with food, one with water, and one with fuel. And they said the one with the fuel was the most generous because uh, fuel was, um, uh, especially when you're in a city, it's hard to come by. So, uh, but if you could donate a, a piece of wood. I don't know what the symbol, you know, with a Corbin, the idea is that you're giving your life. Like uh, when the Corbin, when they shechted, it's as if the person was shechted and, mm-hmm. and you put your hands on the animal. So I, I see the symbolism there. It's, it's easy to see uh, there's an animal part of ourselves that we're sacrificing. But when you bring a piece of wood, what does that symbolize? <laughs> like uh, I'm a piece of wood. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what the uh, what the symbolism of a wood sacrifice is. Um, Might be like you're hard headed. You're hard headed. I was thinking that <laughs> hard headed. Okay, that's a good idea. So, but at any rate, there is such a thing as bringing a wood offering, unless somebody in the audience has an idea why you would bring the symbolism of wood. Um, like we learned, Kohanim would bring up the logs. They would bring up two logs, Korban to include wood. Okay. What's the minimum size? He said it had to be at least a arm's length, uh, like a minimum size log. And uh, he, the question we always have when you use the cupid, uh, cupid uh, the, uh, the arm's length, is, is it the six tefach arm's length or the five tefach? In other words, how many fists? They use both. So he said it was the bigger one. It was the bigger arm's length. Um, the rabbi says, that's again, I'm sorry, I skipped. They had two logs. The rabbi says, they include the wood. So he says, it was the, the wide amma. Whereas the width was the shorter amma which is very funny to use two different measurements within one piece of wood. In other words, the, the length and the width, they, the length they use the longer one and the width the shorter one. We'll see why in a second. Uh, it was like a, um, it's a certain size that they were all familiar with. I think it's the size of like a scale or something. So why would we use a shorter measure and typically in the base of Mignish, we, we always use a bigger measure. So why, when it came to the width of this piece of wood, did we specifically say, not too big? The answer is that if the wood was too big, the Kohanim would get hot feet. <laughs> uh, meaning they had to walk around the fire, and you didn't want the wood sticking out. It, had, it was a very narrow spaces over there. I was wondering, even as it is, I would think they got hot feet. I wonder why they call that a minimum then. That's like the size. The size, yeah, that's right. correct. Yeah, that's a, um, he, uh, he just says, you know, it actually just says that's the size. That's why they use the shorter amount. Now, once that was the size, you find similar in the measurements of the altar. Uh, was that kind of ama ama karkov ama karnos ama marav? In other words, they had the the base and they had the ledge and they had the top part. They all used that same measure uh, for the size. So there was an exact size of the wood. I wonder how the I guess they could use a saw. To, how they had the wood to be the right size. You know, they don't have an electric saw, but because otherwise you'd have a piece of wood. It was too big. You'd have to. Uh, I guess the saw was a pretty ancient. When you buy a cord of wood, there's a specific dimension off the yeah. volume of 
whatever it is, eight foot by four foot by two foot. A standard when it comes, I it's see. It's a cord, a cord of wood, and there's a certain volume in it, and they all have to be two feet. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I see. Just to measure, and I don't think it's really like it's logistic of use. Okay. So what about frankincense? How much frankincense? You know, you bring spice. How much? Well, you even the comments. You've got to bring a handful. How do we know that? Because it says Ascora. My Ascora, it's a handful. Also, when it uses that word to remind her, it's got to be at least a handful. Now, spices, by the way, in ancient time were very expensive because a lot of them only grew in Asia, far off places. So they were brought on the spice route. Um, what's interesting is they still have the ancient spice routes, which are, they use them now for drugs. Um, in other words, uh, uh, they smuggling routes where they, uh, they, they, when people travel long distances and they have to bring, uh, they, certain countries don't allow you to export without paying taxes. And if you pay certain taxes, you would never, uh, could never afford to buy the stuff. So the, uh, the ancients, they circumvented that. They had certain routes to go from one country to another. And they, they, they didn't care about boundaries or, you know, which country you were in. And um, since the ancient times, they have what they call the spice routes, these uh, and unfortunately, like I said, now they're used for drugs. And just like in the ancient times, they couldn't tax them or stop them from coming in. Um, but you could get, but there's an expense to that. That's why drugs are expensive. And that's why spices were expensive, even though spices could be they were legal. But at any rate, that was a sacrifice is what I'm trying to point out. It wasn't cheap to pay for some frankincense. But it had to be a handful. So, uh, well, he wants to argue it should be two handfuls. So there's two views. Don't we learn out Well, why don't we learn out from the sin offering? Over there, it has to be a full handful. If the handful is missing anything, it's not good. So you see, each handful is significant. So again, we're just in the middle of the debate. Is it two handfuls or one? We learned him. It's not as Levona, maybe become so shok uh, He has an interesting theory. He says that a handful depends on the size of the Kohen. So, what you have to do is find out with the biggest Kohen on duty that day, what size his hand is. So, if you have the bad luck to have the, you know, the, uh, who's that big basketball player or whatever, with the, you know, very Shaq. big, Shaq, he, he, he did the, so you're going to have to pay more for your incense on that day because you need that, the size of the coin. Um, he has that word, it's funny, it says coin guttle. It doesn't mean the coin guttle, it means the biggest coin who's there standing. Uh, he says, no, it should go with your hand. So now that sends an interesting question. In other words, you have to donate a hand, uh, this hand of the incense. Is it your hand that you're donating, or is it the Kohen who represents you? And if it's the Kohen who represents you, you, you might get the one with the big hand. <laughs> so you're going to have to at least bring that size. Okay, just an interesting aside. So then we get back to the gold. It's almost like they have like, um, like an account with the base of Mekdash, and then... A little bit of money for the bird, a little bit of money for the... And it, you put in a certain amount of money, mm -hmm. and then they, they just balance it all, I guess. There's an idea also that every mitzvah uh, is opposite a part of our body or a part of our, our wholeness, and that every Jew should try to do every type of mitzvah at least once. Um, and there are some people that, in Eretz Israel that have 
uh, special mitzvahs, like if you want to redeem a donkey, they'll help you redeem a donkey. Uh, if you never did that before, or if you want to send away the mother bird, or uh, um, they even have a very creative one where they'll sell you like a little piece of land so you could do Shemitah and you could have all the mitzvahs of the land. For enough money, you could do anything, right? So that, but there's an idea that you should want to do at least once each, each flavor of each. So you would want to donate uh, uh, some wood, some frankincense. Some, each one does something else for your neshama to have done that experience at least once of, uh, of donating that to the base amygdala, putting money in that pushka. Um, it's true, a person should, uh, should want to uh, marry off a bride should want to help a widow, should, uh, uh, you know, now and then a person should see, have I ever done that? Have I ever helped an orphan? Have I ever, you know, well, I've done it in a general sense, but it's a good thing. At least a person should uh, try to do each, you know, look at each flavor mitzvah. Have I loved a convert? Well, I never met a convert. Well, maybe you should meet one and try to help them out, you know, try to do that mitzvah. Um, you know, whatever it may be. Have I returned a lost object? You know, go to the coat room. You can return lots of lost objects. Uh, uh, I guarantee you that people left their coats here over Yantuf, and they have no idea. And you've got to be a big detective to figure out who it belonged to and who left it. And they don't remember that they left it here. They're long gone. But you can get that mitzvah, you know. That, but it's good to at least, uh, uh, so it's good to specialize. Some people pick one mitzvah that they always do, um, you know, uh, bring a l'chaim, bring uh, happiness to people on Shabbos, you know, or whatever. It, it's good to pick a mitzvah that, uh, that speaks to you. But, uh, uh, but also, at least once in your life, try to do each one. So donate some frankincense today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do that exactly, but uh, we'll try to do that. Okay. Um, oh. You're doing something additional. Oh, so I understood it to mean even smaller. You don't have to use the biggest hand of the biggest coin, uh, even yours if you're smaller. I guess the assumption is the owner is going to be small. If you're looking to get away cheap, so you don't have to work, or not cheap, you, you want to make sure you gave enough frankincense and, you know, they put it on the scale. So even though ideally you would want to meet the biggest Kohen's hand, in case that's the Kohen who does your handful, but it, he says even you, we can even get away with your size. Um, I guess we're just assuming you don't have such a big hand. But if you have a big hand, you're right, then it would be even more in that case. Uh, but, so then your question is, why is it a few? How do you know? Maybe you've got bigger hands than the Kohen. I hear. Okay. So then we said gold. So what's the minimum? Gold or lazar, hushi hisker tzura. It's only if you mention a coin. If you mention a coin, a coin, so then it's got to be that gold coin. If you didn't mention a coin, you can even bring a needle, a gold needle. That's like the small, a gold nail, like a tiny thing. So then we got to the final six pushkas. Why did they come up with the number six? So, they had six families of Kohanim uh, that... Um, when they did the, the divided the duties of every week, they would have six families that were doing it, one for each day of the week. Uh, each day of the week would be a different family. So that was where they got six from. And Shabbos would be all, would be all, all six. He says six comes because there's six different kinds of animals brought in the base of Migdash. Par, Ego, Seer, Al Shmuel says, Keneged Shisha Korbanos. There's six main categories of Korbanos. We all know it from the song on, on Musaf, called, you know, Ola Minka Shlamim Chatos, right? Chatos Asha Minka Vesir Seifa. Omrev Yochan, Aydesh is not a Meruba, Ribu Lo Shofris Harba. If you had a lot of donations, you need a lot of pushkas. Um, 
what he's coming to tell you is that if you put too much money in one pushka, apparently the, the coins rot. It's not good for the metal. They rust or something. Um, and uh, there's a discussion. This is the Haftorah where it mentions uh, the, uh, uh, where they started the concept of having these pushkas. Um, the pushka is actually an ancient, you know, an ancient custom, really, in the Beis Amigdash itself. Uh, so it mentions over there that they had multiple push. That's one view why they had multiple. Rav Shem Barnam Hashem Yerusin says Shein Adavas Asa. He says um, we're going to learn that they had one on the inside and one on the outside. Uh, that there were different placement of different pushkas. That uh, this idea that you want one to, uh, that's more accessible for different people. And we'll take up the pushka line and finish that tomorrow. But the pushkas also were part of the base of Migdash, the place where there were sedakas and the different uh, funds to give. Okay.